Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Father, we thank you for your word today. We ask you to heal our lives and bless us, lead us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated, please, in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Now, today, I am going to share with you on how to use the Word of God for direction for your life. The Word of God is a very powerful, um, silent voice, as it were. When I say a silent voice, what I mean is that um, the Word of God is not, you know, loud and audible, but it is a very, very important voice, a silent guiding post for you and for me. Let me not deceive you. Let me not make you think something that is not the case. Amen. Let me not make you think that I, um, I uh, use angels and such things to guide me uh, on a daily basis. That is not the case. The main thing that I use to guide me is the word of God. Amen. Give me a little, my red. Hallelujah. Now, the word of God is the best um, direction for you and for me. And based on that word, we are able to then relate with the Holy Spirit, angels, visions, prophets, and the whole galaxy of other kinds of things that will come to us to guide us. Now, we need to have the Word of God as the main guiding post for our lives. Pastor, what should I do about this situation? Pastor, my marriage is having this situation. Pastor, I want to travel. What should I do? Pastor, I am in this circumstance. What do you advise? I have a pastor friend are you listening to me? He said to me, I do not do counseling anymore. He said, if anyone says to me, I need to see you, pastor, to discuss something with you, uh, all that he says is that uh, you come to church, sit in the service for six weeks. After six weeks, if your problem is not answered, then I will receive you and pass you on to some counselors. And if the counselors are not able to solve your problem after counseling, then maybe I will get involved to counsel you. Now, although it sounds a bit hard, the reality is that whatever a pastor, like somebody like me, you know, in terms of schooling, I haven't studied psychology. <laughs> 
I haven't, I haven't studied psychology. I haven't studied uh, counseling. I haven't studied uh, theology. I haven't studied eschatology. I haven't studied hermeneutics. I don't even know what these things are. Old Testament survey, New Testament survey. I haven't been to school on all these things, on psychology and so on. All I have basically is the word of God. <laughs> and so when we are sharing the word, when we are counseling somebody, let's say marriage counseling, it's basically the word of God that we are reissuing. But maybe we know where the verses about marriage or the verses about this or the verses about that are, and then we sort of bring them together. But it's the same word of God. So actually, the people who are best able to do well in their marriages are people who are more um, obedient to the word of God on their own before even the pastor comes to counsel. In fact, there are people who, when you are counseling them, you know that they won't do what is in the Bible because they don't do it anyway. Do you understand what I'm saying? They, they don't practice it anyway. So it's not what you are saying now about marriage that they are going to now suddenly start doing. Because already the word of God is not something that they are practicing. So the marriage counseling is just the word about marriage. Showing you verses. In fact, I find it difficult to read a book that is a Christian book which does not have verses. Anytime I'm reading, I'm trying to find where the scripture is. If I read a book by Kenneth Hagin or a book by anybody for that matter, I am trying to link it to the scripture because the scripture is the anchor. Is there a song like that about an anchor? And who is the anchor? Jesus in the song. Okay. But I believe the word of God, which is also Jesus, is the anchor. The anchor for all the winds. If now there's a new trend, we are drinking oil. The anchor. If we are anointing people with oil, there's an anchor. Any new thing that comes, there's an anchor. What's the new thing they are doing? Is there an anchor? That stabilizes us and prevents us from going too far or off into the gutter on one side or the other side. Are you listening to me? So the word of God is a very, very, very important. Nobody should deceive himself or no pastor should deceive you. The most important guiding post for us is the word of God. All I'm sharing with you is the word. So brothers and sisters, let us take the word of God as the most important part. So how can God direct me in my life through his word? Let me show you. Number one, have a quiet time daily. Read your Bible every day and have a quiet time. You know, my children, when they are getting ready to go to school and all that, part of their getting ready is quiet time. They have to have their quiet time before they go to school. It's compulsory. I am doing that to make them have a habit which is more important than brushing your teeth. The habits that you have today are going to make you into what you are tomorrow. And a habit is something you do without thinking. So one of the habits, I, and when I make them read their mother, and I'm not saying that they are angels or they are saints or whatever, but one thing I'm trying to let them be trained in 
is that there is something called quiet time. And they do it on their own. I make them read their own Bibles. They have their own Bible and they are supposed to pray. So when they get up in the morning, even if it is Saturday or a day that they are not going to school, they are supposed to have their quiet time. If they are going to school, you must have your quiet time before you go. Uh, have you had a quiet time? It's one of the common questions in my house. And then now, some of them are having their quiet time on their own. Have you had a quiet time? Yes. Always yes. Have you brushed your teeth? Yes. Have you had your quiet time? Yes. Have you bathed? Yes. They are all part of the things you are supposed to do. Now, many of us, you should have been in my house for you to let me make you have your quiet time every day. <laughs> I had a code in my youth in Scripture Union, and that code was NBNB. I'm writing a new book which I may be called NBNB. No Bible, no breakfast. You won't write it, you are looking at my face. No Bible, no breakfast. And I don't eat breakfast. I, you know what I mean, please. No Bible, no movement. No going out. No dressing up. Nothing. No Bible, no movement, no breakfast. No life begins. I must meet God before I meet the devil. I said I must meet God before I meet the devil. I must meet God before I meet the human demons that are waiting in life. I must meet God before I meet anything else that is coming up. It's part of my life. Even when I was under great pressure in medical school doing exams, I would always try to have my quiet time. I would always try to open my Bible and have my quiet time and read some part of the Bible. And the Bible has been the constant guiding post for me. And when I have my quiet time, I read a passage and then I ask myself, what is the Bible saying? What does it mean? What does it mean to me? What is God saying practically to me? Because the thing is there, but is there something for me personally in my life, in my situation personally today? And I am able to learn something. I'll give you an example. Something that I learned from my quiet time. And as Christians, when we meet, you know, we should ask each other, share your quiet time with me. And then you share something from the Bible. Preaching is a collection of quiet times. I'll say that again. Preaching is just a collection of quiet times. Quiet times with the Lord. Quiet times with Jesus. For instance, I will show you one of the quiet times. I don't know whether I should share that quiet time. No, I don't think I'll share that quiet time with you. I don't feel like sharing that quiet time with you. But any, anywhere I read in the Bible, I can just have a quiet time straight away. I'll give you an example. In John chapter 5, I was reading John. So I reached chapter 5. Amen. Ask the person next to you, are you sleeping? If you are sleeping, you are either not called or you are an agent sent from somewhere. Mercy forever. Amen. Listen, it says, and the Father... I was reading in John chapter 5, verse 37. This is my quiet time. He said, And the Father himself, which has sent me, hath borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his name. And you have not his word abiding in you. For whom he hath sent him, you believe not. Now, these are things, when we read, we don't even understand them. But it's because you are in a hurry. Yes, you would like to take time. 
to beat the uh, cassava until it becomes fufu and spin the, turn the, uh, the dough until it becomes uh, banku and shame the thing until it becomes kokonte uh, uh, or whatever. You, you, are, you have time. I mean, you look at fufu. A food that you must beat for about one hour before you eat it. Or more than one hour. You have to beat it and knock it and hit it with strength. And you see them that they are sweating. Blah, blah, blah. And you see the child that will be blah, blah, But when it comes to the Bible, I don't have time. Uh, uh, two seconds. Meanwhile, when it was there, the fufu, you were pounding the thing. More than a laborer who is digging a trench. But when you read the Bible, you say, and I don't understand it. And so, and the Father Himself, which has sent me, has borne witness of me. You have neither heard His voice at any time, nor seen His shape. You have not His word abiding you, for whom He has sent you believe not. Me, I don't understand it. This bishop will understand what it is. Me, I don't understand. Bye bye. I see you in the evening. And you are going. Obviously, the word cannot enter you. Because you are prepared to beat your cassava and your yam until the thing becomes fufu, but you are not prepared to spend any time on the word of God until it is soft enough to just what is fufu? People swallow it, you don't taste it. You just swallow. It doesn't have any taste. What kind of food is that? And yet you are prepared to spend a long time to get that tasteless bolus. To put in your mouth. <laughs> ah, Ashantis, you are wonderful people, I tell you. <laughs> I tell you, when I was in Zoom, I heard them in the morning. Every morning, pow, 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 pow. You think they have caught a slave? Pow, 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 pow. They are beating the cassava so that it turns into fufu. But nobody will spend 30 minutes to read and try to understand what Jesus may be saying to you personally. There's no time for that. But there's time to wake up at 5 a.m. Pow, 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 Let me come up. Terminator. You are killing the cassava. That's why you don't, you don't have time. But anything that you are going to enjoy, you need to have time and soak it in. I said, and soak it in. And soak it in. Now, on a daily basis, God will speak to you about little issues. My whole life is guided. Yesterday, I had a quiet time which changed my whole life. I'm so happy with my quiet time that I had yesterday. I'm so happy. I, that's, what, that's what I was going to share with you, but I decided not to share with you. Oh, no, I'm so happy. It has changed my whole life. In fact, I'm so blessed. I became, ow. Oh, I don't know. One word from the Lord is so much wisdom. Now, let me tell you something. Although you may say, oh, but suppose I've got a problem about my marriage and I'm reading this uh, Genesis or whatever. Will I understand it? I mean, I wouldn't be able to see my problem. No, when you have your quiet time every day, as you go along, it's like a little message from the Lord daily. So it starts to affect other issues and areas. And then suddenly there is some direction from God for every little area. 
But if you just have it once in a while, it's like coming to church. If you come to church just once, you may hear me preaching about prayer. And say, me, my problem is not prayer. I mean, I pray every time. My problem is the witches in my area. But when you come after some time, you may hear me talking about the witches or the blood of Jesus or something. Say, me, I don't have any problem with witches. Me, my hometown, there's no witch there. But to say, our problem is that we don't have any money at all. We have, every time you say that my father is begging, my mother too is begging, me too, I'm begging. So our problem is that we are needing of money in our lives. When you come at a point, you may hear me talking about uh, money or you may, so you have to have it all the series and then suddenly you hear the Lord speaking to you. How many have been to church over a period of time and you realize that God solved the problem in your life? You didn't come and tell me, but somehow as I was preaching, something, 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 something was spoken about your situation. Amen. So you don't even have to write to me and tell me, hey, Pastor, I've got a problem in my, in my area. You see, in fact, I've got a problem. When my wife sleeps and she, in the night, she wake up, then she'll make a certain, oh, 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 and I think that it's a witchcraft spirit that is moving in my heart. No, you see, after some time you come to church, you will hear me saying that we are not afraid of, the, of anything, we are not ashamed of the gospel, we are not afraid of demons, which is by the blood of the Lamb, every evil, wicked thing will pass over. And you'll be able to lie down. One person said, I can't sleep by my wife. In the night, a certain noise will be coming from the Lord. Oh, God, something, something. I should be saying something. And the man was afraid of his wife. There are many problems. But you will hear the voice of the Lord speaking to you. Maybe you don't smile much. And you come to church one day and you hear me preaching. I'll tell, I'll tell you. Once I, I, I used to, t- I told them, I, I realized, my, I think my wife or somebody told me I don't smile enough. So I started smiling. Or I heard my pastor say preaching, he said, you smile. So I smile before the mirror. I just learned how to smile so that I look friendly. Because I read that maybe naturally I don't look friendly. I look very serious. Yeah. All right. All right. So I have to learn how to smile. And maybe some of you, nobody is proposing to you because you don't smile. You are always so serious. And you look, I mean, when we see you, we are not encouraging you to say good morning or good afternoon. So as you come to church, you will be hearing certain messages and you say that, ah, I should go and practice smiling in the house. My wife told me, she said, her, her, her father said, you know, in, when they were in the house, the grown up, her father always told her, for a lady, you must always smile. Ladies, you must smile. Smile, smile, you must smile. Ladies must look. So if you are a young lady here, smile. <laughs> Otherwise, you don't look like too serious. <laughs> you see? Loneliness is corrected by marriage. Hallelujah. God wants to save you from being lonely. And men are more serious than women about most of most issues. Not that you see the bride and the bride and the bride is thinking about her necklace and something, just something. The man is thinking about <laughs> certain things and how to do certain things. The, the woman is thinking about her dress and then my hair here and my flower that I'm holding. Useless things that have no importance. <laughs> your flower here and your flower there and your this here and your that there. The man is thinking about it. So we need, so a man needs a woman to introduce him to things that are not so important. Lighter issues, so that we'll be happy. Look, let me remove my coat and preach properly. 
Are you listening to me? Yeah. Me, my wife, she has lighter. It's when I go home and she starts to talk about so many other things. And I become relaxed in the house. And I just, my entropy comes down. Relax. Mercy forever. So when you are also told change cereal, good evening. Good evening. How are you? Um, oh, and you? How are you? Are you also? Are you okay? <laughs> that the man is not afraid in the house. He can't do anything because there is a warrior in the house who is very wild. Hallelujah. So in the church you hear so many things. So many things about so many things. Hallelujah. And God uses all those things to teach you. One by one. One by one. Not just once. Never judge me by one message you hear me. You can never judge me by one message. You can never, ju- you can never know really what I'm preaching. You may come to this church, you may never hear about certain things. Because you just haven't been there when I talked about that. So you don't even know about it. So you can't judge. Don't, don't look at me and judge me. But hey, we came to church today and they were talking about money and so hmm, That man, he's after money. Hey, we know him. We know this stuff. But we have seen all these kind of pastors before. Hmm. Some years ago, I was in a certain church. There was a pastor just like him. He was one of the And then we said that the whole church was down. Hey, it was Don't judge me by one message, sister, brother. You can't know what I preach about by just hearing me one. You can't hear God's word by just having one quiet time. One quiet time on Monday, and one quiet time in two weeks' time, and one quiet time once in a blue moon, and once in a tower. You say you have time. You can't hear God's voice speaking to you. Or, uh, you can't know God speaking to you about so many areas and so many issues of your life. You need to have a quiet time every day, a little bit, a bite every day, a bite a 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 day. I see a vision. You know, I was in the hospital and I, I, I remember the first time I went to the ward there was a light skinned lady she was fair almost like me and when we got to the ward she was on a drip she was lying up she was breathing on a drip and I thought to myself wow this was my first time on the ward what disease is this what disease has this woman got so we went around the bed and a professor said it was not a professor then doctor he said yeah this is a patient from Ethiopia she's now what disease I said, I was wondering, is it cancer? Is it tuberculosis? Is it HIV? Is it what? Oh, no. This is uh, starvation. Hunger. Just hunger. <laughs> hunger. So I thought to myself, oh, if she's hungry, just give her food. Give her, you know, find something that she really likes. Mother, what do you like? Sister, what do you, what do you like? You want to eat papaya? What do you want? What, what do you like? Papa, papa, or belly behind me, minama, whatever, whatever the name of your food is. Mention it. If food will go and beat the cassava and bring it to you right now. <laughs> mention it and then the doctor said no we, we can't do that we can't just give her one meal because she has been prevented from having a regular small meal every day for a long time and even th- so she starved so so spiritually many of us have because we don't have that one meal every day for a long time even when you come where there's a big meal you can't receive because you can't put the big fufu inside the stomach has become very small so when the big fufu is coming it has no access because the one little meal a day that you should have been having you don't have it you don't have it so now you are you, you can't even receive it so i thought what are we going to do for this i was surprised this was one of the first patients on the world that i saw die she died 
She was with fufu, she was with rice, she was with everything. She couldn't take anything, only a drip. She died. What did she die of? No food. You see, many of us are spiritually dying. We don't have, we don't have anything, any strong, big disease like, I mean, maybe immorality or uh, we are not thieves or drug dealers or armed robbers or anything, but we don't have that small meal that you need on a daily basis. And gradually you are becoming like that Ethiopian woman and you are becoming smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And you can't, that's why people who don't go to church, they come to church once and they hear me preach and say, hey, the guy is, the guy is very proud. And look at the way he just walks around like that. He's very, very proud. So the way he just talks as if he's above all of us. And look at, look at what he's saying. And then just wave his hand and then he'll be making his voice as something, 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 something. <laughs> so, because, you see, that woman, if we had given her the fufu, if we had given her papaya, it would have offended her. How many have fasted before and you realize that when you just took a certain meal, it there was some pain or there was some problem or you see you can't even receive you don't normally come to church so you come once and you see me preaching eh, look at him it feels so good so that he's walking around and then he's thinking that he's better than we are he said that we should be born born again and other things what are still thinking you can't receive one big meal because you don't normally go to church normally you are just at home you have one quiet time it doesn't have any effect on you because you just have once in a blue moon. And today is Christmas. Bishop said that we go have cut. Hey, today we are wrestling. Hey, Ricky Z, please, uh, before you give me some breakfast, can you have some Bible? Uh, you know this old man? He said, no Bible, no breakfast. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> so anyway, you bring the Bible today. Let's uh, see what we can do. Because it's Christmas time. It's Christmas time. Uh, see, uh, my workplace, you say, I'm staying at far. At very far. So where I'm staying is very far. So when I'm going early in the Mosesian, 5.30, I'm moving because traffic these days is not the same. So when you said no Bible, no breakfast, and other things, I realized you, where are you staying, Pastor? I think your house is not far, you see. My house is very, very, very far. So, and also when we are taking transport, I take three cars. I think you have a car, that's why you say no Bible, no breakfast. See, why are you always preaching against the preaching in your head? If you have your Bible and you read your Bible every day, one day you will come across the Bible. Because you, one day you read Corinthians and you read First Corinthians ten twenty three, which says all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. And you may realize that I'm working in a disco, and it's lawful. There is no verse in the Bible that says, "Thou shall not work in a discotheque." That shall not be a beer bar tender. That shall not be serving. There's nothing like that. That shall not serve club beer, uh, whiskey, this, that, that, and snaps and all that. There's nothing in the Bible. That shall not smoke. That shall not take drugs. But you read it. it you, you, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. Then pound the fufu. Knock small for the sweetness to come out of it. You get it? Don't just read on and go. One verse is enough for a quiet time many times. And then you say, all things are lawful. All things are lawful. It's allowed. It's allowed. But it's not helpful. It's not helping me. This job is not helping me. This friend is not helping me. Oh, it's lawful to have Ricky Z as your friend and Slappy J as your friend and Dirty Daniel as your friend. But it's not helpful to have Dirty Daniel. Dirty Daniel is always letting me do dirty things. And jumping Jonathan is always leading me into sin. I've been fornicating with Slippery Susie and Slippery Sam for some time. I want to stop it. I know they are lawful. I know 
though they are members of the church, but all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. So it's a quiet time. I didn't preach it. You read it from your Bible. First Corinthians chapter 10. All things are lawful. Yes, I can watch this film, but it's not helping my mind. When you watch adultery and you watch people having affairs and, and you watch these kind of scandalous things and all that, and you minister into you, sometimes it ministers fear into you, and you are all, the only thing you also are afraid of such things, or you also think of doing something like that in your office. Amen. All things are lawful and all Just for your quiet time. And you look at your little skirt that you are putting on. Your pants are just above the skirts. I mean, when the skirt, when your pants finish, then your skirt also starts. <laughs> Change your ways, brother. Don't wear it again. And your fishing net dresses that you wear. Quiet time can change your life. I'm not talking about the pastor's preaching. I say the word of God daily, daily. Don't be like that Ethiopian woman. One big meal cannot help you. You need small, 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 small. That's why you need to hear me preaching to you every... As you keep here, how many have realized that at least there's been some improvement by, I mean, coming regularly, you are hearing, you are hearing some, some awareness tries to change. I was preaching about Kail. Any lady, when you do this, I miss Kail. When you do this, miss Kail. When you come to church and you hear the Kail, how many of the ladies, the Kail has some powerful effect on your life? Amen. Some of you don't know what the Kail is because you don't come here on Tuesdays. Amen. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Are you there? What does it say? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect. Amen. Amen. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, Unto good works. Cynthia, get me some copies of this book. I believe some people would like to buy it after church. Look, I've been preaching to you from this book for many weeks. How many have not yet got a copy? Do you want a copy? Is it too expensive? How much is it? 70000 I think we can give you a special for just this service. A special discount. Huh? What do you think? Or you will even buy when I give you a special discount. Anyway, okay, okay, okay. Come back. It is profitable... That means, everyone look at me, what does profitable mean? It means it's useful. It means it's relevant. It's beneficial. Profitable, it's, it's, it helps. It helps in life today. Today, it's useful. Today, it's profitable. It's relevant. It helps. Practical help. I don't know how people live without the Bible. You know, when they have this World Trade Center and all these accidents and things, and then they say counselors are coming to... I don't know what they tell them. What do they have hope in? What, what do they believe in? I was talking to one man. His brother was in Egypt air. The Egypt air that fell into the, into the water. You know? And he, he said that when they, they took them, when they got there, they took them to where the plane fell, near New York. And they... Hey, that's ink. Well, they put them... Uh, what do you call it? He, they took him in the water in a ship to the place where the plane fell. Said, this is where the plane fell. And they gave them flowers. You, 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 you put the flower on the water and then you, you go back. That's all. I don't know what they tell them. I don't know what they tell them. But for me, I know the word of God. If we are separated on this earth, we will be together again in heaven. So I've got some hope. We shall be together. So shall we be together with the Lord forever. There is hope for us. I don't know what they tell people who don't have the Bible. I really wonder, what kind of advice do you give them? 
If somebody is dying, what do you tell the person? One person was telling me, I work with dying people as a nursing assistant, only dying people. This one is dying of this one is dying. Everybody in the room knows you are dying. And I said, what did you tell them? She said, this is very difficult. It's a very wild environment. She said, I've never been in such a place. And these are people, they don't believe in God. They don't believe in it. Everybody there knows I'm dying in one week. I'm dying in two weeks. I'm dying in three weeks. And what do you think about? But thank God for the word of God. It is profitable. It's relevant. It's, it's useful and beneficial today for doctrine, for teaching, for reproof. You know, when you need to be corrected, nothing can correct your husband except the word of God. Nothing can correct your wife except the word of God. Nothing can correct you except the word of God. Pray that the word of God will have a power uh, or will have access to whoever it is. And it is profitable for instruction in your life. So every day when you have your quiet time, you have instruction. Is it not marvelous that in many churches today, when you open the Bible to preach, give me a chair, put a chair on the stage for me. Any, any chair. When you, when, you, when you open your Bible and you're going to preach, people close their eyes and Yesterday, I went to preach somewhere. Yeah, this is okay. Can you see me? Go up here a bit. Yeah, it's fine. I went to preach somewhere. They were laughing, talking, and so on. And when he got to the word of God, then I saw one of them. Then she just addressed herself. And you know that some people, when they are sleeping, they, by they come up, you know that they are not intending to sleep. But this one there, it was like, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> when you finish the word of God, when you finish the word of God, you can call me. What will correct you? What will instruct you? That's the part you sleep. Then when it comes to, it's a mighty God, it's a mighty God, it's a mighty God, it's a mighty God. Then you see them. <laughs> I tell you, I have some wild dances. teach you how to dance that one. When it comes to dancing, then you are around. When it comes to the word of God, it's not preaching. <laughs> and when you tell them they are snoring, they will say you are lying. Have you met somebody who snores? When you tell you snore, say, me, I don't snore. Me, I don't snore. Me from where? I don't snore at all. The other day I was arguing with my wife. She was telling me that I've been snoring. I said, me, never. I don't snore. I can't snore. <laughs> Psalm 132, verse 17. Psalm 132. Psalm 132. What does it say? Verse 17. There will I make the horn of David to bath. And notice the part B. I have ordained a lamp for my anointed. I have ordained. In other words, God says, I have chosen a lamp. For all my anointed. Are you the anointed servants of the Lord? Is anybody here an anointed servant of the Lord? Then the Bible says God has ordained a lamp, a light for your, for your life. And that lamp is the word of God. Psalm 119 verse 105. It says thy word is a lamp. Thy word is that lamp that God has ordained. There is a lamp chosen for. That lamp is not dark, he what mills. That lamp is not Reverend Dr. Ricky Z. The lamp is not Reverend Dirty uh, Daniel. The lamp is the word of God. If I preach and I don't say the word of God, throw out my preaching. Don't listen to me. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know anything. 
I've not even studied psychology or philosophy that I should be here standing talking about philosophy. All I, the little I know is from the word of God. Psalm 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp. Thy word is a lamp. Lift your right hand and say, your word is a lamp. Say, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Unto my path. Let's say it again. Thy word. Thy word. Say thy word. Thy word. It's a lamp. It's a lamp. Unto my feet. Unto my feet. Unto my feet. Thy word. Thy word. It's a lamp. Unto my feet. And a light. And a light. And a light. And a light. A light. Unto my path. How many want that light for your path? I need the light of God. Hallelujah. I need that light to be switched on. Why is it that when the light goes on, then you close your eyes and you start to sleep? You don't understand the greatness of the light that is coming on. As I'm preaching, light is coming on. And demons don't like light. I said, demons don't like light. I said, demons don't like light. When the light comes on, even mosquitoes are not so comfortable in the light. They wait until it's dark. They wait until everything is gone dark and, and dim, and then they start to move. All spiritual mosquitoes wait until it's dark. But when the light comes on, I used to stay in the medical student's hostel, and I used to have some rats that were dwelling with me. Mice, rats, they were big ones. And I always remember, I would open the door and come in, put on the light. And as soon as the lights would come on, and you see them, big ones like that, Shoo, 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 shoo. Then they'll be going out. But once there was darkness and there was no sound and there was no light, they were having a good time. Oh, they would eat some of my biscuits. They would, my, the food man, my beloved, would bring me some food and they ah, ooh, ah, we enjoy a, a lady pastor. He would know her. Uh, ooh, they were enjoying it in Kolebu. I tell you, they were enjoying the food, they were enjoying everything. If you had a sound system with cables, they would eat the cables. They would eat everything. They were having a good time until the lights come on. When the lights come on, hey, there's danger. Shoo, 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 shoo. Then they go out. Demons are having a good time in your life until the light of the word of God comes on. When the light of the word of God comes on, the demons of depression, the demons of destruction, the demons of wickedness, the demons of evil, the demons of fear, all those demons start to shoo, 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 out of the way because the light has come on in your life. The light, the light, the light. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. God wants, how can you live without the light? I just wanted to pray for me because you see, the pastor was very anointed. <laughs> when he was passing this place, so that people were falling down. When he said that something, something is going to happen, and all these prayers will fall down. In fact, I was a very powerful this thing, man, that we are seeing here. So, me, all I need, bless me, Pastor. Would you pray for me? <laughs> if you pray for me, if it's too be alright, I will pray for you. But you need the light. I said, you need the light. I don't mind praying for you. Last time we had a miracle service, I prayed for everybody. I don't mind praying for everybody till 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. As long as the Lord gives me the strength, I'll pray for you. I'll pour oil on you. I'll pray for you many times. Sometimes I feel like praying for you many times. I'll pray for you many times. But you need the light. You can't live without the light. 
Bishop Daki was not playing on of hands, it's not the light. The anointing oil is not the light. It cannot replace the light. It's also something that is good, but it's different from the light. You need light, the light of life. John chapter 8, verse 12, look at it quickly. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Of life. The word of God is relevant. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Verse 98. Thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies. I have more understanding than all my teachers. For thy testimonies are my meditation. How many want to be wiser than your enemies? Your enemy is coming this way. You know that he's coming. So you plan and you go the other way. I remember the first time I went to South Africa. I was met by some people. And they asked, uh, where is the bishop? I said, oh, I'm the bishop. I said, oh, we were expecting an older person. We were expecting somebody, you know, an elderly man and so on. You know, when you have the word of God in you, you sound like an elderly. How many realize that? When somebody's talking about the word of God, it looks like he's, that's a lot of, Larry, how old are you? 26 year old, come. Don't be proud though. I'm going to use that as an example. May God forgive you for pride. This, 20, you were 25 years old when you went to Central Africa, or when you were in Ethiopia. It was 25 years, just 25 years. I, a, a elder in uh, Ethiopia, you know, he said to me, the guy's 25 years old, but he talks like somebody who is 50 years old because of the word of God in him. He talks like, a, he talks like an elderly, may God forgive you for pride. He, he talks like an elderly uh, 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 person. 25 years old. Because the word of God, you see, the word of God is God's wisdom. You are wiser. You are like somebody who has seen life, who knows about issues and things. It's just from the word of God. I tell you, when the word of God is in you, you may be very young, but you'll be wiser than enemies, wiser than this, wiser than that. It's as though you know everything. That's why sometimes pastors are approached and say, don't you want to be a president? Don't you want to be an MP? Don't you want to be a this? We can use you as a minister of mobilization and welfare. We can use you as minister of roads and highway, lake and stars, minister of moon and stars and uh, uh, whatever minister. They, they reverse and so on. Because the wisdom of God, I see that wisdom coming into your life. I said, I see that wisdom coming into your life. I see that wisdom coming into your life. I see you becoming wiser and wiser and wiser and wiser. You may be 21 years old, but you'll be like a 50-year-old man. You may be 25 years old, you'll be like a 60-year-old person. You'll be 17 years old, you'll be like a 70-year-old man. Jesus was only 30 years old when he was ministering. And he was confounding the Pharisees and the scribes. Only 30. Wow. It's happening to you. You'll be so wise. When I got married, I didn't know I was wise. You know, when I married, I was 26 years old. I didn't know that I was wise. One day I met a young man. He had a lot of money. I said, my brother, every day I see you are taking a group of people to go and eat. You are going to this restaurant to go and blow time. You are going here to have fun with some friends. You are spending money on this girlfriend. Money on that girlfriend. I said, my brother, get married. You see, when you have the word of God, eh, it makes you wiser. Some of these people who blow a lot of money on girlfriends, they are very rich people who Satan is using, letting them pour out their money like that, shh, until it's finished. I have to give that girlfriend, Jackie Julie, I have to give her, you know, 500,000. I have to get this money for that person. I mustn't forget my condoms. 
because I'm going to see Slippery Susie. And Slippery Susie, you know, <laughs> I've noticed certain things about her. So I have to be careful to make sure that I get my condoms. And then she usually likes some man. What are all these kind of things that are in your life? And, 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 and the wisdom of God will let you just get married. Say, Man, even ladies, let me say, when you marry earlier, you know what it saves you from? One of the things it saves you from is from having a whole lot of chain, chains of guys. Dirty Daniel, Jumping Jonathan, Ricky Z, Slippery Sam, Freaky Freddy, huh? Womanizing William, Killer Kweku, Kweku the Killer. It saves you. Amy, now some of the young ladies say, Amy, I don't want to marry now. Me, I don't want to marry now. I want some time to pass. The, the man wants to marry. No, no, me, no. I'm going to do masters and then other things and so one other thing so that I will improve my life and other things. Amy, I don't like such things. You don't? Okay. Slippery Sam is my boyfriend, but he's quite gentle with me. And I mean, he doesn't force me much. Occasionally. Now, you know, as for life, one to one to fornication, you can't avoid, I mean, certain things. Kweku the killer is now your boyfriend. <laughs> Let me tell you, ladies, anybody who wants to marry you and he wants to marry you now, usually he's a good person. Now, I, want, I would like you now. I've decided I want to marry you and I want to marry you now. Usually, those people are serious. They say, oh, we give ourselves about five years to study ourselves and then to see about other things and you know pastor we are studying ourselves and other things you know what I mean careful now careful now he wants to marry you now you can ask my wife I wanted to marry her now I said I'm marrying you now get ready I'm marrying you now with or without a fridge I didn't have a fridge I didn't have a television I didn't have anything I say, what did Adam have? He was just like me. We all came into the world. Our bare hands. I believe in God. Amen. Why don't you want to sell? You want him to have a pot belly. You want him to have a fridge. You want him to have a television. You want him to have everything. Only social comfort orientation. Your life is only about your comforts and your enjoyments. And but you see, when you have the word of God, you become wiser. Even as a young man, there are some men who think that, you know... <laughs> You see, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a quite an eligible bachelor. There are a lot of beautiful girls. You know, I have to take my time. And then, you know, selection, pastor, it's not easy. You know? Sometimes you come and then you see that she's beautiful today. But tomorrow you'll be looking. You'll not be sure whether you are so ever seeming. Something about her is not. A, the hair has changed and she has made a certain style. So I wasn't sure about her face anymore. Every day you are not sure. You are changing. Okay, I've got it. I've now got a beloved from Central Gospel, and then she's my current beloved. But you see, the one in Lighthouse, she's not serious, so I've gone for the one from Central Gospel. And then uh, this same. Okay, the one on Central Gospel now, she's now something. So I've come back to Lighthouse. There's one. Uh, she's a very fair lady, and I I think I like uh, the fair lady. But what, okay, when I took her to my mother, my mother said she's too fair. So I've gone for a darker one now. <laughs> <laughs> and then, okay, this other one, she's her skin is like chocolate, chocolate brown. So I've uh, this uh, I took her, but um, my friend said that it's not nice. One one day a guy came to ask me, Charlie, my beloved, how? He fine or he no fine? 
He said to me, Charlie, if I make you talk me fine or a low fine. Ask somebody, if fine or a low fine. <laughs> but I didn't know. The word of God was making me wise. When you have the word of God, you are wise. You are like an elderly person. You are not being wise. Then, you know, as I grew up, I realized that, you know, if I'm now 45 before I'm having my first child, it means that when my child is 50 years old, when I'm 50 years old, my child is going to be 5 years old. And then, if I have the last one when I'm 55, because you can have a child, even you have 60 years old, you can 70, 80 cry, you can do something. So, <laughs> if I have mine when I'm 55, then it means that when a child is five years old, I'm retiring. I've reached retirement. You see now? But you weren't thinking about all those things. But when the Lord's word came to me, and I realized that marriage is good, it's honorable, it's a good thing. And I realized that it is an honorable thing. It's not something for old-fashioned people who are tired of, I mean, having fun. One guy said to me, look, I was talking, he said, look, brother, dad, I've got only two girlfriends now. He said, when I was, he told me, when I was in sixth form, I had eight girlfriends, but now I've got only two. So I've improved. Positive change. <laughs> Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Today we are looking at a lot of different scriptures. He has showed thee, O man, what is good and what the Lord doth require of thee. Some of you can't find Micah. If you are looking around Corinthians, you are lost. Go to the Old Testament. Micah is in the Old Testament. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Micah, Micah. He has shown thee, O man, what is good. Underline it, verse 8. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee. Amen. God is going to show you what is good. Amen. And what the Lord does require of you. For instance, God will teach you in his word that divorce is not good. Oh, I believe that many people who, are, who marry at one point or the other experience the thought of getting separated or divorced. But God will show you what is good. That it's good to stay married. It's better in the long run. And you will find out. And so you don't need to experience certain things. You need to trust God. And trust his word. My brothers, you need to have the word of God as a source of wisdom generally in your life. All the time, God will speak to you. He'll show you what is good. He'll show you what is right. The Lord will show you what is good and what he requires of you. The word will be a light. Oh, daily. 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 Sister, daily. Ooh, daily. 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 He has shown thee, oh man, what is good. What is good. And what the Lord doth require of you. What is good. He has shown me that it's good to serve him. He's shown me that it's good to be a pastor. He showed me that it's good to work for God. He has shown me what is good and what does the Lord require of me. When I read Ecclesiastes, I see immediately. What is the conclusion for man? Fear God. Keep his commandments. I'm learning. I didn't know. When I came into this world, I thought it was something else. To do this or to do that. But now he has shown me, oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of me. I know one day I will stand before him. He will be on the throne like this. And myself, I will have to come 
before. He'll be on the throne like that. Larry, sit down. We've got, don't be proud. Just sit down. And I'll have to come from far. I'm just doing a rehearsal. And I'll have to come like this and walk up to the throne with trembling. That's the Bible says, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. And I have to walk up. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the time that you can wee-wee on. I don't know if there's wee-wee in heaven, but you can easily wee-wee on yourself. Easily. And I'll be thinking about so many things and coming and coming and coming to the throne. My God. And I'll be shaking like a leaf. And when I'm before God, I'm nothing. If you think I'm something, I'm nothing. You see, when you appear before God, you are naked and useless and completely there's no important. <laughs> it's just amongst us here in Collegono. You may think this person is important, or this, this person should park here, this person shouldn't park here. This person is a self-created, useless importance that we have here. Nobody is important. When I approach the throne, that he would know a piece of clay. My God. And I have to bow down. For my judgment. For my judgment. Will I hear good things or bad things? Mercy, Lord. He has shown me what he will require of me. He has shown me what he will require of me. I'm afraid. My whole life is based on that day. My whole life is based on that day. I say my whole life. My life is based on this day. When he will call me. And I'll have to walk up. And there will be a great cloud. Everybody will be watching for the judgment. Because there... It's not what I say, it's what's in my heart. The Bible says when the secrets of heart, men's hearts will be disclosed. And I just have to go up. <laughs> will I be scared? What am I going to talk about? What is going to happen? What are they going to ask me? What are they going to ask me? Will it be good or bad? Will they say, I never knew you? I don't know you. What is your name? What's your name? He has showed thee. He showed you, girl. He showed me. My whole life is based on that day. I tell you, you may not believe it, but that's a reality for me. If I take an offering from, from you for an evil reason, when I stand before here, mercy. If I tell a lie, when I come, I can lie to people, but I can't lie here. I can trick people, but I can't trick anybody here. This is a real thing. And there's no rewinding. He has showed thee, he has showed thee, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require from you? He has showed thee. Mercy, Jesus. Mercy, Lord. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. Amen. Hebrews 13, verse 7. Jeremiah, let's turn to Jeremiah 3, verse 15 first. Mercy, Lord. And I will give you pastors according to my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Amen. Amen. And Hebrews 13, verse 7 says, Obey them. Obey them, which have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account. Amen. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch. Hebrews 13, verse 17. They watch for your souls. Amen. The word of God. The word of God. The word of God. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you for your word. Stand to your feet, everybody, please. The word of God, the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. Everybody standing, please. Lift your hands to the Lord. Oh, Jesus, thank you. The word of God, we love your word. May your word be in our hearts and our lives. Just commit yourself to God and say, Lord, I've decided. I want to be a word person, 
a word, daily word, daily bread, daily word. Thy word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Father, show me mercy. Mercy, Lord, for the days I didn't study your word and read your word, flow in your word. Let me grow in your word. Let me have the light, Lord. Lord, I never read the Bible. Forgive me. Lord, I never listen to a tape, Lord, unless I'm going to preach. I don't, even, I don't have your word. Your word is so far. Lord, I never buy a book. Lord, it, it doesn't even occur to me. Mercy, Jesus. Father, we come to you. We ask you for your light, for your word, for your truth to be in us. In the word of God, there is power. In the name of Jesus, every day shall In the word of God. we thank you for your word today we commit ourselves and dedicate ourselves to studying your word growing in your word increasing in your word like never before bless your people lord as we flow in your holy word in jesus name amen god bless you for listening to this message visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.